Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. has been a lot of narrative in, in the media surrounding things like ChatGPT, essentially implying that it's going to replace people, that it's already replacing people, which, I mean, you just have to look at some of the lawyers using it to prepare their defense and how horribly that went wrong to realize that that isn't necessarily <laughs> how it's going to, to pan out. It's a tool for freelancers to improve efficiency and may, maybe even the breadth of services that they can offer. And I, I think smart freelancers are, are using tools like ChatGPT that way. I'm using ChatGPT a lot in, in, in my work, um, but I'm also conscious um, of the fact that ChatGPT isn't a <laughs> sentient artificial human and that ult ultimately you need to give it a very good prompt, but also you need to know your stuff and check it over because I think that is where, where people make mistakes. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Cardiff or around Cardiff in the UK, Carl Swanepoel, who's an award-winning entrepreneur. He's the founder of Revo Lancer and an influential figure in the freelancing industry. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Carl. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. Well, thanks very much for having me. Now, Revalancer is a platform that aims to help independent professionals and freelancers barter their skills and build their skills as well and build their service businesses. So um, we'll get you to tell us a little bit about that in a moment. And you also point out, I think, in, in some of the work I've seen or some of your publications that the freelancing industry is kind of operating on a bit of a dated model and your mission is to bring that up to the current current state of the art. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that some more today. Before we get into those topics, though, what's the impact you're personally making today, Carl? Well, I think that's, that's hard to say, but I, I mean, the, the impact that I'm aiming to make is to well, permanently improve the freelancing industry for, for the better, to bring it into the 21st century, which unfortunately, uh, um, a lot of it is still, in my opinion, not, not quite um, in the 21st century. I think the industry as a whole has had a serious lack of innovation for a very long time. And, you know, it's my ambition to change that for the better. Mm. 
Okay. Well, so when you say the industry is the freelancing industry has had um, a lack of innovation for a long time, give us some specifics around that. Absolutely. Um, so there are a few sort of large existing, um, you know, incumbents um, in terms of freelancing platforms out there. And, um, and the, the first one is actually, um, well, I don't know if they, they were quite the first, but they're probably the kind of longest established large platform. And um, it's actually an Australian company called freelancer.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been around since, I think, the very early 2000s. Um, so, uh, you know, more, more than 20 years at this point. Um, and, and, uh, and then, you know, a few years later in 2007, 2009, um, other platforms um, started popping up as well, like People Power, Fiverr, um, and, and, and Upwork, um, although they were, you know, that was created out of a merger. But, you know, the companies that created Upwork um, were also founded around that kind of time. Um, and in, in all of the time since, um, these companies haven't really changed anything about how they operate. Um, <clears throat> and the way they operate, I believe, is not really compatible with the way that we like to work remotely these days. And um, kind of the primary reason why is um, <clears throat> because of how they monetize. Um, so these platforms, they take a commission fee on transactions and, um, and that commission fee can be quite large. So, you know, in the case of Fiverr, they charge the freelancer 20% and the client 5%. Um, and that in and of itself is a problem. But the bigger problem that's caused by that is that in order to make sure, you know, that you can collect your fee as the platform, you have to really police how people can communicate. So that means no video calling. It means no emailing, no talking on the phone, no exchanging WhatsApp or Slack or, or anything else, right? So essentially you're forced to kind of send, um, you know, instant messages back and forth um, through through that portal. Um, the freelancers getting, you know, a much sm- smaller amount of the money that you're actually paying for the service. So I wonder how they expect that, you know, you can communicate properly with the freelancer yeah. and, and really get, you know, what, what you're paying for. So that's been the reality for very long and that's what we're looking to change. Yeah, well, one of the things I hear from a lot of people who've used services like that is, um, well, very mixed reviews in terms of the outcomes that they get from working with the freelancers. And I wonder how much of that is actually due to what you've just raised there, that that convoluted uh communication channel where okay let's say I, I want a certain I don't know a web let's say I want a web page and I want it to look a certain way and I want it to have certain copy on there well if I'm going through this convoluted channel of communication uh, there's there's so many ways that me expressing what I want uh, ends up arriving at the freelancer's desk as something completely different. And then I complain because I'm, I'm not getting what I want. Absolutely. I mean, I think it certainly plays a part. And, and then the other part is, you know, you're, you're paying $105 and, and the freelancer gets 80. So, you know, what, what, um, what level of, of service do you expect? You know, do you expect the freelancer to compromise? Do you, are you going to com- compromise on your expectations? Um, you know, and, and, and that scales as well for, for, for Fiverr, especially um, that fee is the same, even if you're paying, you know, $10,000, you know, then you're paying 10500 and the freelancer gets gets 8000 So, you know, um, I mean, I, I, like, 
there, there is a discrepancy there. And, and ultimately the question is, you know, well, some, somebody has to compromise, um, but, but who, who's it going to be? Yeah. Yeah. And so Revo Lancer is, is your platform. So tell us a little bit about that and how that is different to these services, what, what you're doing to change this, to bring the freelancing business into the 21st century. Well, you know, it's it's really quite simple, but the, the well, the problem is that it just hasn't been done before. Um, which is essentially that we solve those two problems that I mentioned by by first of all not charging a commission fee. We don't monetize in that way, so you know the freelancer gets all of the money that that you pay. Um, and then because we don't charge a commission fee, we have absolutely no reason to um, restrict communication. So you know, you, you can video call, you can connect off platform. That's that's not not a problem at all. And I, th- I think it's in fact, quite an important um, part of, you know, modern day um, kind, of, kind of remote online working. Um, and then beyond that, um, what we also do is, is uh, we really aim to um, sort of encourage and, and um, empower new freelancers to start their journeys, which a lot of these um, large platforms fail to do. So we do that through skills and service exchanges. We do that through um, publishing resources and um, working with, you know, um, influencers within the, in the freelancing space, um, and and just having like more of a community on on our platform where you can kind of follow, um, you know, other people's work and look at their portfolios and case studies and be inspired, um, and also you know can, can connect with them, connect with other freelancers, um, and the freelancing industry really thrives on on collaboration, um, but you know, unfortunately your your options are, are so limited so you know what what people have been doing for a long time is when they want to connect with a network with other freelancers they'll use a facebook group for mm-hmm. example but that's then completely separate from where they publish their work which is completely mm-hmm. separate from where they connect with clients and, and it just becomes this convoluted mess um so we kind of put that all, all into one place yeah, to solve yeah. those basic problems yeah. yeah and so there's a lot of value add there and i, I see another benefit there for um well for freelancers and for for businesses using the service and that's um let's say i going back to that website example let's say i want the website but i want some fancy copy written or i want an email marketing campaign to be at the back end of a landing page well i might have a freelancer who's a web design specialist and he he will tell me well i'm sorry i'm not really um I'm not really good at writing copy um, or write, doing an email marketing campaign. And in the old model, that would probably then require me to go and find somebody else to do that part of the work. Whereas in this model, there's a potential bit. But I'm in this community and I know a guy who's good at that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, freelancers, just just like on, entrepreneurs, I mean, I think the, the two um, you know, groups have a, a lot in common. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a lonely road. You know, you're, you're working for yourself. Um, you know, you're, you're your own boss, um, but it's, you know, you're, you're, you are working by yourself ultimately. Mm-hmm. So freelancers typically really want to network and collaborate with, with each other. So that's something that we, you know, think is great and, and, and do a lot to encourage. Mm. Excellent. So you mentioned that you don't charge a commission. So how do you monetize the, the service then? So at, at the moment, we aren't. Um, but when we do, it's going to be in two parts. Um, first of all, we're going to charge a have an optional paid subscription plan for freelancers where they can access 
um, sort of sort of premium features. Um, but there's always going to be the ability to you know get get started and use Revolancer for free. Um, and then on the other side, um, we we are um, going to be working with you know large recruitment companies, job boards that have more and more freelancing opportunities um, and sort of, you know, charging them to post those opportunities to our large network of freelancers. Um, so, you know, a large part of the monetization will be completely, you know, um, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of behind the scenes for, for what the freelancers are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of platform costs and so on, um, how are you covering that? Um, so we're, we are um, uh, VC-backed. Um, we, we have a, a bunch of really good investors um, and we're essentially looking to gain as much market share as, as possible in a short period of time um, and, and, yeah, and basically become the, 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 the new kind of go-to large platform. Mm. All right. Um, so how long has Revo Lancer been going? It sounds like it's in, still in the very early days, even though you've got a pretty clear vision. Yeah, so I mean, it's um, the the platform itself has been live for about two years now, um, and then you know I came up with the idea um, probably about two two and a half years ago or so now, um, and, and have been working on it ever since. Mm. And how many how many freelancers would be on there, and how many users of of the services, the freelance services? Yeah, so I mean, in, in total, we've we've got I, I believe nearly a hundred and thirty thousand users or, or so now. So we've mm-hmm. been growing um, very very fast. Just a few months ago, um, I want to say back in in May, we had twenty thousand users. You know, and it took wow. like one one and a half years or so to to build it to that point, and then we've been growing very very fast now. Um, and that is in in large part due to you know our whole product roadmap really being built on freelancer feedback. We 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 call with um, you know, users all the time and, and, and take what they say, their, their feedback very much in, into account. So what that means is we're, we're building the platform people really want and then they'll use it happily and, and tell other people about it. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's the key. Mm. That's very rapid growth. So have you, have you grown your team to kind of keep up, keep pace with that growth in usership? Yeah, we have. Um, we've we've um, <clears throat> scaled the, the team up, a, a, you know, a, a fair bit um, recently, and, and we're hiring for more roles at, at the moment as well. So we're in exciting times, and we're, we're raising our seed round at, at the moment, which is going really well. Um, and yeah, I'm just very excited for what's next. Mm-hmm. Sounds exciting. So, what what are some of the challenges you've faced over the over the journey from? just over two years ago to where you are now, and particularly with that rapid growth spurt in the last six or so months? Well, I mean, you know, I've faced a lot of challenges. I think, um, you know, taking on, um, you know, very sort of long established industry with many big players that have, um, you know, public companies with with valuations in in billions, you know, it's... um, Certainly not not supposed to be easy, but I think you know that's that's in, it's certainly a part of why it's really worth doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, some sort of key challenges early on was you know just getting the the growth started. So it took us about six months to get from zero to a thousand users from launch, you know, and now we 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 easily see you know multiple thousand signups every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been. Um, you know, an, an incredible change, but it, it took a while, you know, it took, took a while to kind of build up to that and to where it's kind of started snowballing now. 
Um, we also uh, used to have a different name, um, and, and then we, we got a, a legal challenge on our trademark. Um, this was before we raised funding, so that was something I had to basically deal with myself, which, which was very tricky, but we managed to navigate that absolutely fine um, and, and kind of get, get out of that. Um, you know, and, and sort of change the name. Um, and, and, and I think it's a much better name now. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, more, more recently, like with, um, with the growth, you know, certainly challenges come from that too, you know, which is, um, well, you know, the, even though we only have a small percentage of users kind of having issues on the platform and needing to chat to support, you know, if the user base um, suddenly scales very quickly, even if it's a small percentage, that's going to rise a lot. So making sure that we have, um, you know, a really good knowledge base and making sure that we can um, uh, so, sort of have a good system where, you know, a smaller percentage of users actually need to speak to support and perhaps when they open a ticket, we can we can recommend and, you know, a support article that, um, you know, solves solves their problem. But then also making sure that, that we have enough um, sort of staff to, you know, to, to, to handle that. So there, there are lots of lots of challenges mm. all, all the time, um, but, you know, it's what makes it worth doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about, I mean, the, the timing, your timing sort of coincided with the early days of the COVID pandemic, right? And was that, did that kind of derail things or was it a case of because people were locked down and looking to find contact and basically fleeing online to con connect with other people? Did that help you in some way? I, I mean, I, I think it absolutely did. Um, so when, when I kind of initially came up with the idea, um, we were in, in a lockdown at the time in the UK, and I was looking at these freelancing platforms that, that I had personally used as a freelancer many years before. And that's when I realized that you know, even though now video calling is such an essential part of remote work, they still haven't changed their policies. And, you know, they still haven't today. <laughs> and I don't think they're going to that. They're, they're not really in a, in a good position to at this point. Um, so, yeah. I, and, I, and I mean, the other thing is with the pandemic, I think lots of people kind of had a bit of that, that shock where, where they, you know, maybe felt that they've become a bit complacent and that really, you know, things couldn't change massively overnight. So then more and more people kind of thought, you know, well, there's maybe more, more risk just out there than, than, than they perhaps thought, thought there was. Um, and, and then, you know, would, would pursue um, starting a, a business or going into freelancing um, and, and, you know, chasing like a, a dream that they've, they've had for a while. So, I mean, you know, even today, a third of the global workforce are freelancers, but, but that number is, is um, rising rapidly and, and quite... Um, you know, it surprised me the first time I saw this, but, you know, in hindsight, it, it makes a lot of sense, which is that 71% of Gen Z either already do or want to go into freelancing um, as a, you know, alternative to traditional employment. So, um, you know, I think I, I think the pandemic just accelerated yeah, that, yeah. essentially. Yeah, and of course, it, it kind of opened up many people's eyes to the possibility that I, I can work with anyone anywhere in the world. And... With, yeah, with the certainly. podcast, obviously, I can talk to anybody anywhere in the world. So why can't I do some work for somebody anywhere, anywhere in the world? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that um, I guess I'm curious about, um, it seems to me that these older platforms 
their policy on communication is such that they, they kind of control things and there, there's this fear that, let's say, you're a, a freelancer on a freelancing platform and I'm a customer on that freelancing platform, you're doing some work for me. At some stage, it could occur to me as the customer of the platform that I might be better off um, working with you directly and I'll pay you 100%. You receive 100%. You're really happy because you actually get uh, 25% more than when you're on the platform. I'm happy because I'm paying 10% less. <laughs> we both win, uh, but the platform loses. And I, I'm assuming that that's what they're afraid of. Um, it um, is that how you see it, and how how do you how do you see like what what is it in your platform that prevents the customer, so the person for whom the freelancer is working, and the freelancer who is on your platform? How do you prevent them from saying, "Well, we don't need the platform"? Well, I mean, um, if a freelancer is just looking to find one client um, and then, you know, not use the platform again, then I, I mean, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything we can do. I certainly don't think that in that case, you know, trying to stop that and sort of forcibly interrupt that is, is a sensible strategy. But the thing is that um, freelancers, um, usually the behavior of freelancers is that, that they'll want to keep connecting with, with more clients, you know, because... If they're just working with one client, with one client, they're sort of contracting for them. It's not that sort of dissimilar from, you know, a like a kind of a, a full time yeah, yeah. job. Yeah. So um, that that's essentially how. So we, we 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 don't stop that, but essentially we are a, a platform for freelancers to connect with one another and to, to connect with more more clients. Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like a directory to find more clients, um, a way to connect with other freelancers, a way to access more knowledge because you talked about the education piece early on. Um, is there an education Absolutely. piece for clients, for the users of the freelancers? Because it occurs to me there's a huge opportunity there. I mean, a lot of those would be small business owners that um, maybe are outsourcing some part of their work for the first time and could probably use a lot of help in communication, in how to actually manage people remotely, perhaps. So a lot of other things. Is there a, an opportunity there or, or are you already doing that? There, there absolutely is an opportunity there. And we have, um, we have a, the, the Revelancer magazine where we, we publish articles for freelancers, but also for, for small business owners. So, yeah, we, we, we put a lot of... Um, content out there, you know, mm. to, for, for both freelancers and, and um, small business owners. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it's, it's more than just the freelancing agency um, and the traditional model. It's a, a networking platform and educational platform for um, both parties to that freelancer um, business owner um, dynamic, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's our goal. Mm. And one of the things that um, I know your your background's in artificial intelligence, your education is in artificial intelligence. And one of the things that I think is a huge 
um, potential right now, hugely exciting, is is this whole area of um, interactive or um, uh, large language models, the the chat GPT type things. Um, and how do you see that playing into the work of freelancers and how they can maybe expand their capacity to do work or uh, expand their um, skill set to take on more work? Well, I think you've, you've hit the nail on, on the head there. I mean, um, I think there's a lot of narrative, or at least there has been a lot of narrative in, in the media um, surrounding um, you know, things like ChatGPT, essentially implying that um, you know it's going to replace people, that it's already replacing people, which, um, I mean, you just have to look at some of the... Um, you know, stories with ChatGPT and so sort of, you know, lawyers using it to prepare their defense and how horribly that went wrong, you know, to realize that that isn't necessarily <laughs> what, how it's going to, to pan out, at least not in the short term. Um, I, 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 I think, you know, absolutely, like like you pointed out, um, it's, it's a tool for freelancers to, you know, improve efficiency and may, maybe even the breadth of um, services that they can offer. And I, I think, you know, a lot of um, smart freelancers are, are using tools like ChatGPT that way. Um, I mean, I'm using ChatGPT a lot in, in, in my work, um, but I'm also conscious um, of the fact that ChatGPT isn't, uh, you, you know, kind of a <laughs> sentient uh, sort of, you know, um, artificial human or something, and that ultimately, you know, you need to give it a very good prompt, but also you need to know your stuff and check it over because I think that that is where, where people make mistakes. ChatGPT now can take images and you can ask it a question based on the image. And I was too lazy to copy out a table from a PDF page and sum the numbers in one of the columns of that table, which is what I wanted to do. So I thought, hang on, I'll try this. I did a screenshot of the PDF of the table. I uploaded that screenshot into ChatGPT, and I said, can you please give me the average of column B? And it came back with a number, and I looked at the number and I thought, that can't be right <laughs> without having uh, having checked it myself because there were about 30 numbers. Uh, but the average, it was just far too low. I can't be right. So I went back and I said, can you check that for me again? That seems wrong. And I didn't actually calculate it. But it's interesting because what it then, the first answer it gave me, it just gave me the direct answer. The second time, it then went through the logic. So it actually wrote out every number and it did A plus B plus C plus D and then do, and there's counted the numbers and divided by that and worked out the, um, the average. And because it had written it out then step by step, I could just copy that and paste it into Google and get the calculator to work it out as well, which I did, and that was correct. But it highlighted pretty clearly that you can't, you know, it's not what you get back isn't necessarily fact. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I, I um, at one point I got ChatGPT to to prove that I asked to prove that I think zero. Yeah, I asked to prove that zero point nine recurring is is equal to one, and and then it kind of gave a step by step um, 
and 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 it was just absolute nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one one of the steps was you know and and therefore zero point nine is equal to one, and therefore zero point nine recurring is equal to one, or, or, okay, or something yeah. to that nature. Um, it, yeah, it, it, I I mean ultimately I I think um. ChatGPT, it's it's very good for kind of creative copywriting kind of tasks. So you know, if it, like let's say if, if you want to write a letter or, or an email or something, and you kind of give it some some you know rough notes and, and bullet points, um, then it can create some really good work. Definitely, also need, needs to be checked. Um, but we you know with anything like um, playing chess or um, you know do, doing calculations or, or so on it'll it'll give you a you know a very confident answer yeah. but, but quite often it's yeah um, I've found some really way out of the box applications though that are quite amazing one of the things I'm playing with right now um, I use Excel extensively but I don't understand any Excel functions they're just way beyond me I never really have gotten into that I've never learned it um, and I'm not interested really. Um, but recently I've been putting together some complex Excel spreadsheets simply as tracking tools. And I thought, I wonder if I can automate this step, which is basically determining if there's a date in the second column and then giving me the difference between the dates, but also then calculating um, a return on how much money is invested um, and and how long that was invested. So there's actually quite a complex formula, and I can't even work out the formula myself. I couldn't even do it on paper because um, it's a pretty complex formula. Uh, so sure. I've I've gone in and asked ChatGPT, give me the formula for this, and I give it the structure of the original spreadsheet, which I inherited from somebody. So it's that's makes it even more complex because you're working with one that you haven't built yourself. Um, and it actually is quite amazing what comes back. Uh, but what it forces you to do is be really, really clear on, on what you're wanting to do. And the more you can break that down and articulate it, and I've even gotten to the point where it's come back and we've gone around in circles because I, if I get an error or something or if it's wrong, I'll go back and say there's an error, here's the error message and it'll try to correct it. Or I'll go back and I'll say, well, the answer's wrong. Um, it should be this and it's it's that. Um, and then it'll try to correct that as well. And once we went around in circles for ages and ultimately um, I hit, I, I got the right answer from it, but it took a long time. And yeah. what it was, was I, I kept having to, Hang on, I haven't I haven't specified this bit or I haven't specified that bit. And in the end, I just typed in, thanks for that. I'm sorry, I wasn't real clear. I, <laughs> I, I have trouble articulating every bit of the process and what, what needs to happen. So it's actually really good to get you to do that, to articulate something fairly complex. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the, the more information you give it, the, the, the better the results. I mean... Um, I've used ChatGPT before to, to kind of write large reports and then I'll, I'll give it a, you know, five, well, maybe not five, but maybe like 300 word prompt um, for it to write 2000 words or, or something like that. And, and then, you know, I don't need to correct anything. Um, so I think that, yeah, the, the, the more information you can give it up front, um, you know, the, the better the chances are that you get a good result. Yeah, yeah. So um, what do you see as some of the opportunities for freelancers with, ChatGPT, because clearly 
um, I mean, coming back to what you said earlier, this this um, myth that's around that um, artificial intelligence is going to replace people. I keep saying, no, no, people who understand artificial intelligence are going to replace people who don't. And, yeah, I think that's uh, certainly a, a, a lot more, um, a lot more how it's going to work out. Um, I mean, yeah, ultimately, it's, you know, I, I, I think that it can help you automate, you know, parts of your workflow, um, perhaps if English isn't your first language, and, and you want to get into copywriting, it can, you know, help you produce, you know, higher quality work faster. Um, you know, so I, I, I think, like, ultimately, it's a it's, it's, it's a tool, you know, it's a tool and, and essentially how well that tool works for you is, is in, in part down to how well you use the tool, how well you un understand it and, and, and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th I, th I think overall it's a, it's a really good thing for freelancers and I don't see it as a threat to freelancers, at least not, you know, within the next considerable time frame. Mm. All right. Excellent. Um, before we move on to the buzz, our innovation round, uh, do you have any kind of words of wisdom, any any advice to people who are looking to start out as freelancers who sort of have always been interested in this, looking to start and maybe are not quite sure what, what to pay attention to and what traps to avoid that might be lurking out there? I mean, you know, for me, um, what's always been the most important thing is, is to just get started. So I think if someone's been thinking about it for a while, the best first step is to start and kind of figure it out, you know, along the way. Um, and I think a, a good way of, you know, starting to figure it out is to go on LinkedIn or somewhere and reach out to um, established freelancers, you know, or go into Revelancer and reach out to established freelancers and just ask questions and, you know, see what you can learn and kind of ask them how did they get started, you know, and, and, and kind of go from there. But I think, the, the key thing is to just start, you know, and, and kind of accept that you're not going to have all of the answers up front, but, you know, you're also not going to get all of the answers by, you know, just sort of waiting yeah, for yeah. longer, <laughs> essentially. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's really the, the most important thing to yeah, do. Excellent. So take advantage of those resources that are there and ask other people. And particularly, it sounds like the culture at River Lancer is very much that, um, established freelancers are, are keen to help others and help one another. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Excellent. All right. Well, let's move on to the buzz, our innovation round. It's the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is you'll give us some answers that will inspire the listener to do something awesome today as a result. Perfect. Set? Sounds good. All yeah. right. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Um, I think, well, it's, it's got, got to be, um, thinking out, outside the box and, and kind of, you know, this concept of, um, first principle thinking, um, and, you know, and that's kind of looking at a, a problem and, you know, essentially trying to disregard, um, established knowledge on, on that, you know, be it your, your own experiences. So thinking, you know, oh, this isn't going to work, you know, because I tried it before and it didn't <laughs> work, um, or, or, or be it sort sort of, um, you know, common knowledge that you kind of got from, from, from elsewhere. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, one of the questions I like to ask in, in those kind of situations is why not? And, and I know 
Um, One of my guests said, um, why not me and why not now? Absolutely. Good good place to um, generate that innovation. All right. Now, what's the best way you've done? uh, What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Um, I mean, I, I think a big part of it is is listening to other people. So, um, you know, well, th- thinking of new ideas um, kind of constantly and, you know, brainstorming, pushing them all, but also listening to other people. So listening to feedback from users on the platform, mm-hmm. to suggestions from other people on, on the team, to our, our advisors, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I mean, I treat, uh, I, I don't think that, you know, an idea kind of has more value depending on who came up with it. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think it needs to be tested. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think that's very important. Mm. Yeah, and certainly with something like the Revo Lancer platforms, the users that use it day in, day out, they're the ones that are probably going to have the best insights into what might be a good value add and what's not working as well as, as perhaps it could be. Yes, absolutely. Mm. All right. What's a favorite resource of yours that you use most often? I'd say YouTube is a, is a big one. I mean, you know, you can find so many um, great, <laughs> you know, t- t- free tutorials, um, talks, in, you know, and all, all sorts of things on there. Um, so, I, I mean, I've, I kind of grew up on, on, on the internet and, and you know, mm. with, with YouTube. So I really encourage everyone to, you know, use, use that resource. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of YouTube. I'm um, going back well, pretty much since the start of my business. I sort of discovered that, gee, there's some really interesting stuff on YouTube. It's a little bit like ChatGPT though, isn't it? There's, there's rubbish on there as well. Um, so you do have yeah. to, you do have to apply a filter there, but there are some amazing um, educational videos there in all kinds of different areas. And, and recently um, I've been looking at uh, repairing some stuff around the home and I you know, just I forgot that I'm always using YouTube and I said, like, hang on, I'll go on YouTube and you can read about here's a step-by-step guide how to do this, but it makes a lot more sense if you've got somebody showing you. Yeah, no, absolutely it yeah. does. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's been well, you know, a fantastic thing for the world. And and, and if, I mean, yeah, I completely agree with the comparison to to ChatGPT. You know, it's a very useful tool, but it, it ultimately mm. comes down to how you use it you yeah. know, in terms of how effective it will be. And of course, as you say, there's lots of fabulous talks on there, um, like TED talks. Um, you can find all kinds of TED talks on YouTube as well, and you can find the Innova Buzz podcast on YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What's the best way to keep a client on track? Um, I think just, just clear and, and open communication. So, you know, really kind of um, laying out maybe based on, on milestones, you know, the work that's agreed on. Um, I, I think that's the most important thing. I, th- I think, you know, a mistake many freelancers make, and I, you know, I certainly did at the beginning is, is just sort of, you know, agreeing to a project saying, oh, I'll build you a website. And then the client starts saying, you know, oh, and now I want these five extra pages yeah, yeah. or now I want this and now I want this. So just being very, very clear um, in your communication from, from the front and, you know, having a firm agreement in place. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, I'm wondering, do you have 
um, resources, templates for that kind of thing to get those agreements in place or to to do a, a clear project brief where everybody knows, okay, this is this is what's expected, this is what should be delivered? Yes, um, we, we, we do have sort of resources and templates available on the Revlonta magazine, um, but also in, in the way that our platform is built, um, it, you know, it kind of encourages, you know, it sort of has certain prompts and encourages mm. people to, to be very uh, clear, you know, about what's involved with the project. Yeah, great. All right. Finally, in the buzz round, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Um, I mean, I, I, I think this is, a, again, where this idea of, you know, first principle thinking come, comes in, um, which is, is such a great uh, way of thinking for, um, you know, entrepreneurs or, or freelancers or, or, or anyone really. Um, and, and, and another thing that I, I, I heard that I completely agree with is, um, you know, of, oftentimes where innovation really happens is when the when you have an, an intersection of two fields that you know don't necessarily um, intersect. So, well, one one example is, for example, uh, is um, the the Brexit referendum in in, in the UK. Um, so there, um, you know, the one of the key ways that Brexit kind of won is is because the Leave campaign um, combined, you know. Well, p- political theory at, with um, kind of you know advanced sort of online marketing and, and targeting and, and, and so on. Um, so that's just a- an example. But I, th- I think just in general, um, if you can um, find some kind of intersection between two fields that you know well that don't normally intersect, then there's a lot of um, innovation to be done mm. there. Yeah, that's a a really great uh, tip, and I know. From, I mean, one of the uh, classic ones that I always went back to in my days when I was doing chemistry was looking at how to how do plants do things in nature, um, and because I was working in the area of surface coatings for various applications, so it might have been a, a paint for a um, building surface, or it might have been a surface coating for a fabric. Um, and one of the things that you want a surface coating, well, usually they're there for protection for decoration and the protection part is keep them clean, keep them looking fresh. And then you think of leaves that are out in the dust or in the rain and you, well, they they naturally keep themselves clean. What do they do? So we, we actually had one where um, we used technology that was in a lotus a lotus leaf that um, has surface coated, has a natural surface coating on it that that beads water, and use that, mimic that in uh, in the oh, paint. Very interesting, which is yeah. Sort of pretty innovative it was at the time. I don't know if that's still around that technology. I guess it probably is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a, a very good example of mm. you know. Um, Kind of think, yeah, think, think, thinking outside the box and um, you know, applying um, sort of lessons from from nature. Mm. You know, if you kind of see it working well there, that's probably evolved over millions yeah. of years. So, you know, got a nice head start there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, thanks for getting us through the buzz round, Carl. Uh, now, where can people find out more about you, about Revo Lancer, and maybe even get in touch and say thanks for what you've shared today? 
Yeah, well, I mean, um, if, if you search my name on Google, you'll find my, my website and LinkedIn profile. So then connect, uh, connect with me there. Um, and then if you go to revelanta.com or just search that on Google as well, you can, you can get started with freelancing. Mm. Excellent. Well, we'll have those links in the show notes, of course. Now, what action would you like our listeners to take out of our conversation today, Carl? I think the, the key thing is is to, you know, the, the best way to get started is to quit talking and begin <laughs> doing like like Walt Disney yeah. said, <laughs> ultimately, you know. Um, I, I, I think it's, you know, really good um, that, that people are, are, are listening to your podcast um, and, and, you know, and hopefully... Um, what I've shared has, has been useful here today. But I think the, the key thing that I want people to remember is, is that, um, you know, no, no matter if, if those things might be true, ultimately actions speak mm. louder than words. And, and, you know, the best thing to do is to just start, even if you don't have all the answers up front, because, you know, that's how you start getting the answers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you have an idea, get started and, and talk to people, reach out to people to see if you can get answers for the questions that you might have. Great tip. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today. It's been a fascinating discussion. We've covered lots of topics ranging from freelancing all the way to artificial intelligence and back again. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation. (laughs) I've learned a lot and and I'm sure the listeners will take a, a lot away. So thanks. Thanks again, Carl, and all the best for the future. Yeah, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being on your podcast. I hope it's been been helpful. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flyworld and secure your membership to the exclusive Flyworld Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations, and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywell Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember... Be awesome and keep innovating.